Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor, and leader of the Span Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. And welcome to episode 16 of Thrive Deeper. DJ here. And in just a moment, uh, you're going to hear Matthew and myself jump into the second half of the book of Colossians. Uh, This letter to the Colossians church, we're going to look at uh, uh, chapters 3 and 4, the last half here. Uh, and, And part of the overall prison letters from the Apostle Paul that we've been looking at over the last few episodes and reading through in our Thrive readings. Uh, We're going to jump into a few different conversations. I think we start off looking at the warnings about false teachers and false teaching that is infiltrating the church that Paul outlines. And we go into quite a few different areas that I know that you're going to enjoy. Uh, It was a a great blessing to myself. Now, uh, I want to let you know, I've got something pretty special for you at the end of this episode, okay? At the very end of this episode, a little bit of a special treat for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to keep on listening, but keep on listening at the end of the episode. I've got a special treat. All right. So uh, after the break, we're going to jump straight into Matt and I talking about Colossians. Keep listening to the very end uh, because I know you're going to want to do that. Let's get into it here at Thrive Deeper. Let's let's totally change gear here and get into a totally different adventure. Uh, when we last uh, when we last left off, we we had just covered the introduction to uh, Colossians and looked at the first couple of chapters. And uh, you know that was actually a while ago. But by the time the actual times of recording, we've had a big gap in between recording. I've been over to the states. You've yeah. been running around doing all these yeah. projects. We've yeah. been we're finally coming back together. It feels like the last time we recorded was months ago. Yeah, but it was only a few weeks. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited to get back into Colossians because because we've had that break in between. I've sort of been. Uh, you know, dwelling in that yeah. book for that whole time yeah. we've been away. And uh, one thing that I that I don't think we covered really well last time, or maybe we can expand on it this time, is the circumstance of Paul writing this letter in conjunction with uh, the other letters that are known as the prison epistles. Yeah. You know those four books, and we've and we've basically been looking at them over the yeah. last you know over the last month or so. <clears throat> yeah. So you know you've got Ephesians, uh, Philippians. Colossians and Philemon mm-hmm. all written at the same time and going out at the same time, uh, you know, from Paul there. Yeah, more or less. Um, and in fact, you can see that because one of the features that's interesting about Colossians is the way that it mirrors Ephesians in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's clearly been written in the same space, in the same mindset. There are very similar issues. Um, so issues of um, uh, of of these, you know, these Judaizers following uh, Paul around, objecting to his message. You've got um, issues of, I mean, the, the big theme in these letters is the supremacy of Christ. Mm. The, really, the supremacy and the sufficiency uh, of Christ is a really big theme in all of these letters. I mean, you see it um, in Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians very strongly, and um, uh, and also the way that Paul is. Is and we'll talk a little bit about this further on, but the way that he's waging war against 
this sort of religion really yeah uh the the because he he is he is going out with this message that through Christ we have access to God mm. and we can walk with God and be filled with the spirit and live this wonderfully liberated uh christian life that once this message goes out, there's always this danger of it being hampered and becoming hardened and dogmatized into a, a religion. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, when, when I say dogmatized, uh, I don't mean because there's lots of dogma as in doctrine yeah. and teaching in, in Paul. That is correct. Uh, I mean it, it being loaded up with all of these other requirements. Other stuff. That – uh, that just end up making it into as much of a burdensome religion as every as the very sort sort of thing that Paul's trying to liberate people from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and I love you. And you talk about the you know the mirroring and everything there. I love. I've seen a few different commentaries on you know the differences in the books and everything like that, and how Ephesians is such an amazing masterwork on the work of the church and the place yeah. of the body of Christ, yeah. and and how that feeds. You know how the how the body of Christ feeds into yeah. Christ the head, yeah. and then you come to Colossians, and it's sort of he looks at it the top down, like he's looking at yeah. the bottom up in Ephesians yeah. from the church up to Christ, and in Colossians he looks down from Christ yeah. looking down. Yeah, it's a great it. way of, of seeing the books. Yeah, yeah. Two, two different ways of uh, uh, you know so many similar similar patches passages there, but in particular in the book of Colossians, um, so the background there, and, we, and we've covered a little bit, we have. Uh, the pastor, you know, or who we think is the pastor of Colossians is, um, Epaphras. Yeah. Epaphras. I Let's, think we'll run with Epaphras, that one. Yeah, Epaphras. Yeah. Two different ways That's of, of Epaphras, pronouncing it there. Where did I get that from? Yeah. No, oh, there's a, there's a few different names, okay. you know, at the end of the book. Yeah. So, so the, so the circumstance there is that Epaphras has come, you know, this amazing long distance from, yeah. from Turkey. You know, from modern day Turkey to Rome to fo- to see Paul mm. and say, Paul, you know, here's my report of the church. Here's, mm. you know, the report of the church, you know, yeah. churches around there. And, you know, and as, as we see in, in, in the book of Colossians, Paul is commending them, but then there's also this warning like, but watch out. Yeah. There's on the, on the, on the, uh, edges of the church, there's these teachers, you know, creeping yeah. in. There's different teaching coming in. And, yeah. I, and, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about what that teaching is because it helps us to understand why Paul is talking about certain subjects in, in the book of Colossians. Yeah, that, I mean, that's been a matter of some debate actually, uh, particularly in Colossians because it's really hard to tell. Yeah. What it actually a little bit vague. is is going on there? Um, it, it one of the one of the likely suggestions is that there was some kind of Jewish mysticism. Yes, uh, that that um, uh, that involved angels and visions and these sorts of things. Yes, as well as the legalism that that went with that. That would seem to explain a number of things. Yes. Look, it could actually also be a number of different things. Yeah, obviously. Because the fact is, is that the fact is in the ancient world that there were traveling teachers who made money out of spreading their ideas. And yeah. there were, we've got lots of different uh, religions in the ancient world. And, um, you get this sense that when Paul leaves, the wolves come yeah, in, you know, yeah, like yeah, when yeah. the shepherd leaves, yes. the wolves come in. Yeah. And every, 
letter of Paul is has warnings against mm. these wolves that come in, and he's saying, just be careful, be so careful. And they come in and they discredit him. We're going to see this. Uh, we, we, uh, we see this as we get to, uh, well, in Colossians, but but yeah. also in uh, Thessalonians, we see that that's that's an issue. And because they want to pull the church away from him and come, hey, follow me yeah. and yeah. my teaching. Yeah. And this is this is constantly happening. Paul wants to, uh, he's constantly saying to them, keep, you know, stand firm on the things that have been passed on yes. to you. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm going to just say, if I can say something about that imperative, which which is such a common imperative in Paul, you know, he lays down this teaching that is, it, it's not actually teaching that's new. It's thoroughly biblical, mm. thoroughly consistent with mm. with the um, with the rest of Scripture, it, the, the Old Testament as he as we know it and as he had it. And he he is he's explaining Christ and and who Jesus is, and he, so he's outlining all of this teaching and and he's constantly encouraging them and and warning them to stay. Firm to that mm. teaching, no, no changes. No, I think that imperative is always is always significant. And you know, for me, as a as a as a teacher in in writing thrive and in my church, my role really is to represent. And and I and I do I want to assure actually our listeners of this mm. that my. My role in this, both as the author of Thrive and as a pastor and as a lecturer, for that matter, at, mm. at Melbourne School of Theology, is not to represent my theories and my ideas and my uh, – I, I feel responsible to 2,000 years of Christian theology and Christian uh, orthodoxy, what I would now call evangelical orthodoxy, um, uh, to represent that to people. You know, mm. if I if I'm writing Thrive and I come up with an interpretation mm. and I check that interpretation and most evangelical evangelical commentaries disagree with me, <laughs> I'll chuck it out. I'll chuck it out because it's not my role to be bandying about uh, you know yeah. Um, so, you know, my, so my my own theories. Well, uh, Matt, Matt, you are you are perfectly yeah. you are perfectly uh, embodying what Paul is talking about here <laughs> in in his teaching because that other way of thinking of of and we hear it and, and sadly we hear it today in yeah. in modern churches a lot where hey you've never heard such deep teaching as yeah. this. He, I've got something new That's right. for you. As soon as someone says, I've got something new for you, I think Paul would say, uh, warning bells, guys, warning bells. Yeah. I, look, I, and I think we're, we're in, you know, we are in an environment, and I guess this has always been the same, we're coming up with something novel. Yeah. You know, something that people haven't heard before, something that's secret. Oh, you thought it <laughs> meant this, but really, you know, let me show you what it really means, the hidden yeah. secret meaning that somehow... I have suddenly discovered after two thousand years. Yeah. Now I, I recognise that 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 the, um, the the theological growth of the church the, the, in in, sense, in terms of the church's understanding of itself and its knowledge of scripture it is it's a process of growth, right? Amen. But there is it, it's it's a corporate thing, right? Mm. And and there's a wonderful sense of unity for all of our differences among, in the evangelical community, and by that. I mean, among those who believe that the Bible is the authoritative word of God, there is wonderful sense of unity on the fundamentals uh, of the faith, and um, and and that I think that I think is important. So for me, in 
paying respect to that. It's not about following the crowd. It's about accountability. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. mutual accountability. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm actually committed to not coming up with anything new. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm actually committed to that. And, yeah. and I, it's, it's countercultural, but I, it's very conscious. I'm very conscious of that. And I, you know, what, what annoys me is like, you get, you, you just, you, you get, you know, books published by people coming up with some new thing oh. and that they've discovered and, 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 of, and often they're just self-published. And yes. because of course there's a natural sorting process with the, Big evangelical publishing companies, yeah. you, you get peer reviewed and you get critiqued, and mm-hmm. and uh, but ah, oh, the stuff that gets around, it's like, are you serious? So, you know, so, so you've just come up with this, put yeah. your book out there, con- convinced everyone of this. It's completely out of line with everything that the rest I, of the, the look, you know evangelical world. I is remember, saying. I remember, come on. I remember years ago, Matt. You you've made me remember a, a time at a um, at a Christian music festival. And uh, we had been tapped on the shoulder. I had been tapped on the shoulder in the organisation that I was with uh, to help organise um, the worship and do some stuff on stage at a main stage. And they had a speaker that I'd never heard of before uh, speaking. And uh, the speaker was really, you know, uh, quite flashy. I'll put it that yeah. way, you know. And, and uh, he really, and to use a, a biblical Paul phrase, he really knew how to tickle those ears, you know. like. And he had a couple of elements in there of... <clears throat> have I got some truth for you? You know, like you've never heard truth like you've heard this yeah. truth. And it was some – I've forgotten what it was, thank God. It was something about, you know, a, a new interpretation of John the Baptist and some yeah, verse. Yeah. And and afterwards yeah. I was I was cringing while, you know, because not that I was sharing the platform with him, but we were sort of like – you're all sort of lumped mm. into one thing together. Yeah. And then afterwards I wanted to get out of there so quick and I remember walking past him and he goes, man, I bet, you, I bet you've never heard preaching like that. And I was like, oh, no, uh, no. no. <laughs> and nothing, nothing's new Nothing's new under yeah. the sun, DJ, because honestly, like in, in, the, in the early church period, you know, you've got Gnostics yeah. claiming – that they're, they've, they're, you know, that they're privy to some secret higher knowledge. And, mm. and yes, honor, you just read the text, but we know what's yeah. underneath. We yeah. know that there's a secret meaning that we can unlock. And it's such for a you. temptation for us today still. Oh. We and still get drawn into we, that. And, I mean, one of the, one of the key tenets of the Reformation was, uh, this idea of what they referred to as the, perp- the perspicuity of Scripture. And what they mean by that is the Scripture is clear, right? Mm. But I mean, I know there are lots of grey areas. And yeah. actually, here's another important point. Let the grey areas be grey. Yes. You do no service to Scripture by making grey areas black and white. Yeah. Let the grey areas be, be grey because on the, the, the central fundamental stuff, it's it's really, really clear. Yeah, and 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 be a and good. And it's not st- hidden. There's no, nothing it's hidden not there. hidden. And for the grey areas, be a good student and and thrash yeah. them out with yeah. each other. Absolutely. But 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 again, at the end of the day, you've got to say, well, okay, we can we can disagree to agree, yeah. or we can agree to disagree. We can do different things there, but yeah. you don't go. No, I'm building my entire foundation of my new movement on yeah. that grey area and yeah. what that means to us today. Yeah. Now you brought up you brought up um, Gnosticism. Yeah. And this is, again, what, you know, scholars think about different things about what Paul is mm. dealing with and what, um, you know, what our, what our faithful, uh, teacher there, Epaphras, uh, is, has been dealing with. Maybe some sort of pre-Gnosticism or, um, mm. you know, some sort of, uh, as you mentioned, you know, these Judaizers. Mm. We talked about it last week that the Church of Colossae were, was in this, you know, real thoroughfare for different religious thought and yeah, practice, yeah, they were, yeah. all different types of pagan thing. Yeah. 
all these different influences are, yeah. are sitting on them. So maybe talk a little bit, you know, about what, what Gnosticism means and how Colossians answers that. Well, um, actually, um, uh, Gnosticism actually comes a, a bit later. Yeah. Well, that, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is like yeah. a pre-Gnostic. Yeah. yeah. This, uh, it seems as though that there's some, uh, there's some kind of mystical thing going on here that relies on visions, that relies yeah. on uh, a some number sort of, of worship, mediators, a, a worship it's, it's of like, angels. Yeah, a- angels. Um, and it, it complicates the whole thing. Mm. And, and so it, you, end, you end up having to um, observe this complex religion in the end. Mm. Um, mm. And, um, and it, it, also, it also makes – it also makes people more dependent in the wrong sort of way on those people who have this higher knowledge and this higher authority and this closer communication. And yeah. that's always red, let the red lights go on when yeah. that sort of, you know, when, when you hear that sort of thing. Because again and again, Paul is saying, no, you, we have access to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we don't, th- there are no other walls. There are no other, Hoops to jump through, right? There's nothing that we need to achieve through. I mean, he talks about asceticism, you know, uh, this strict practice of, I mean, there's things that people, uh, that people did, um, in terms of trying to, uh, attain spiritual achievement enough to feel acceptable by God. Yeah. Paul says, you don't have to do that. Jesus has achieved all that's necessary for us to, Find favor with God. Let's go down that road a little, little bit, so mm. that people can understand what they're talking about. Because I think Paul talks, you know, answers some of these mm. questions in, in the book of this idea, this concept that was popular in the time. And again, we're going to see it go full blown in in a in a few mm. years from Paul yeah. of, of this Gnostic <clears throat> idea yeah. that mate- the material world yes. is somehow bad. That, that idea was around. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's. Because I think he answers that pretty, yeah, and, pretty and I think clearly. We, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode. Yeah, um, th- this is an idea that that uh, found its origin in in uh, Plato and Platonism, where everything that's physical is bad and everything that's spiritual uh, is good. And I won't go. We explained that a little yeah. bit in the last episode, but it meant that people uh, denigrated physical, physical life, physicality, yeah. and and so um, it. It sounded so convincing to people, and you know what? It would have sounded so biblical, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not. It's not in line with, uh, with 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 what the Bible says, and particularly Paul, as a Jewish thinker, is you know responding. He responds to this, and um, he affirms uh, the biblical worldview of a God who's renewing the earth and affirms physical uh, existence. Um, affirms the physicality of Christ. This is important as well because yeah. this sort of teaching led to this idea that even Christ himself could not have been truly physical yeah. and could not truly have suffered physically or, or, they, or they had theological ways of trying to bypass that. He was some sort and of Paul's phantom saying, man. No, no, or, yeah. no, no the, the word became flesh. Yeah. He, you know, he is the full – and this is this wonderful quote yeah. in, in, um, in Colossians 2 verse 9 uh, where uh, Paul says, In Christ the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. That's amazing. It's, it's just like an explosion yeah. to that whole yeah, way yeah, of thinking. That's right. It just Boom. explodes that whole yeah, way of yeah. thinking because you know, you know, Christ represents the reconciliation of mm. heaven and earth. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, we don't reject one for the other. We don't have to reject one for the other. Uh, uh, one is redeemed by the other. That's yeah. the key. Yeah, idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Look, I'm fascinated, and I went down a bit of a rabbit trail. And maybe we can leave some, um, you know, links and stuff in the uh, show notes for this show that will be up on the uh, thrivetoday.net.au uh, website. If people want to look a little bit further into some of the Gnostic ideas and stuff like that, even the Wikipedia entry is very intri- yeah. interested on it. The origins of it, that the the Greek idea that the you know that the all spiritual non physical God or creator. Yeah force made you know made things that made things that made things and then somewhere down the line as it degraded one of these other creatures created in the material world and then out of that and then it's this really weird way of thinking that they were embodied in yeah some weird stuff out there just just on the notes also uh at times i it's it that we just have an issue with that because a lot of the best material is published material and it's actually it's difficult uh, to put that up yeah. uh, on the website. So, but we'll, we'll yeah, we, we, where we can provide material, uh, we certainly will. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Okay, let's moving right along. Uh, as as we uh, we head into, um, you know, we head into the uh, you know to the book here into the into chapter three, we've we've come from Paul sort of giving us an introduction and talking so highly, uh, you know, about you know what who Christ is. In chapter three, he gets pretty clear about the solution to all of these problems. This mm. Christian way of living. Yeah, you know, he really breaks down for mm. us in practical ways in in chapter three. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, he's as I said, he's waging war against this religious way of thinking, and um, he is, uh, and, and it's not. And I should underscore there too, this is not just a danger that they face I, throughout church history. Mm. You see this tendency for the Christian faith to take on this baggage, it's like mold. It's like this buildup of of grime almost, where we where we add this and add that and add this rule and that stipulation and that, and and we we create what is meant to be a very organic um, community experience of faith, which is the church, and and we create a, a you know a religion, a very top heavy religion, and mm. we see this again and again, um, and that religion almost becomes a barrier when when actually Christ was meant to provide a way, you know, Christ provided a way for us. Mm. But what we do with Christ is that we then create a religion out of it that acts as a kind of a barrier. And you sense yeah. that this is this was happening then and it's happened throughout history. Well, well, Paul is wanting to take away all of the barriers and emphasize the supremacy of Christ, yes. just Christ alone. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sola Christi, as the... As the um, as the reformers say, we've got to get back to Christ. Yeah, yeah. You know, Christ alone. We, we, we've, you know, we, we've added all of this stuff. Well, this is Paul's doing this right, right from the start, and he puts then emphasis on what we have in Christ. Yeah, we have, we in Christ we have not only access to God, but God's Spirit within us, mm. and we have this new life to step into. I mean, he speaks about. Um, putting to death the old mm. and putting on the new. Mm. And, um, you know, we, I think this is really important for people to realize that, that you have everything. Christ has given you everything that is required to live the life that you need to live, to, to live. And it's a matter then of just living that out or as, as we read, uh, 
in Philippians, work out your salvation, fear and trembling. Mm. And, um, and so there's this idea that we are given something, now put it on, just yeah. put on the new self. Yeah. And um, there's, a wonderful, there's a wonderful simplicity. It, it's not that Paul is glossing over the complexity of the journey of growth that we go through as Christians as we work through our dysfunctionality. Mm. As, as, um, as the, the Holy Spirit works in our innermost being to, uh, to, to, take, you know, to correct what is false and to, to replace it with what is true. Mm. Um, there, there is a complexity to that, but over, over it all, there's a wonderful simplicity because exactly. it's, it's not a complex religion. It's, it's a process of walking with God. It's relational. Mm. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It, yeah, it, it, we, like, I hear what you're saying. And, and, and for me, the thinking, my thought around it is it's, it's in one sense, the simplicity is it, of it is yeah. it's for everybody. Yeah. It's not, you don't have to get over this bar to get yeah. here. This is open for everybody. Now, it will take you the rest of your life yeah, yeah. struggling with this every day to, to embody this simplicity that is there. You know, and you have to, and like Paul keeps on saying, you have to take off the sin that lurks in you. Yeah, you have yeah. to put it to death. Yeah. I mean, you know, acknowledge this, embody this. It's, it's at once a one-time, you know, one-time step when we get saved and we live in that glory of yeah. that, that realization. But it's now a journey for the rest of our life. It's a journey. And we, but we have, and the important thing is that, first of all, as you said, we have it. First and most important thing is we have a change of position yeah. in Christ. We are made children of God. Mm. We are also given God's Spirit within us, who works with us. So, so you know, Paul speaks of co- cooperating with God's Spirit as He works mm. uh, within us. So it's not it's not a matter of human striving to overcome no. uh, our, our sin. It's actually a matter of just working with God. And the wonderful thing about the Christian life is that by working with the Holy Spirit and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, as Paul says, living by the Spirit, this is how, this is how actually we come to know God. This mm. is our, mm. this wonderful process, this wonderful journey that we go through, whereby we are progressively brought more and more into the freedom that we have in Christ, experientially. Mm. Um, uh, and... And in the process, actually, we get, as I often say, we get manhandled by God. We, we, it's, we, we learn, we discover and we experience the grace of God and the, the power of God to change. And, and it's actually that momentum of change in our lives, I think, that is the most important thing I often say. And I've said it uh, on this program again and again. Living things grow. What we're given in Christ is life. And the, the fruit of that life is now growth. And, uh, and that's what Paul is constantly pointing to. And that's the simple part. The complexity is in us, but on God's part, uh, the, the, the process is, is simple. And Paul is constantly wanting to draw us back to that simple good news of what we have in Christ.
out of out of this, you know, and again, we we keep uh, you know talking about the wonderful way that Paul, um, you know, that God uses Paul, and Paul is is open to the Holy Spirit as he writes these instructions. It is taking these amazing heavenly concepts that just blow our little minds and then he slowly brings it closer and closer to reality to you know where the rubber hits the road every time every time and in in chapter three of colossians he goes from you know the great concepts of putting to death the sinful earthly earthly things and living to uh you know you know live in the fullness of christ and he gets more and more detailed as in you know the practicality of it of it being in the church and then he goes into the very heart of where every human being lives and that is in the household of relationships that we have yeah. every day, every day. And he makes it so clear that's of right. this as part of it. Yeah, that's right. And and it, and this is where we talked about Colossians mirroring Ephesians. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, Ephesians gives us a lot more detail on the instructions for household households, and it's actually important to read Colossians a little in the light of Ephesians mm. as well. Um, uh, now, you know, we talked about the the instructions on relationships between husbands and wives. Um, it'd be easier, actually, in Colossians to get the ro- to get the wrong idea hmm. uh, of that. What's wonderful about Ephesians is that uh, a lot of the misunderstandings are easily cleared up in, hmm. in Ephesians. Now, we talked about that in a past episode, and I can uh, refer our listeners to that. But you're right. This has got to... These things... Uh, this is not just an esoteric no. thing... It's not. It's not just a post. It's not a PS. Yeah. It's not a. Hey guys, live as Christians. Live in this new life of Christ. This is the new life. You understand what you are in heaven. You bring it down to earth. Yeah. Oh, and PS: wives and husbands, kids and slaves. Yeah, yeah. Da, da 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 da. It's not a PS. It's like no, no. This as is you, where it's as at. As you said, the rubber's got to hit the road. <laughs> so it's not just some esoteric doctrine he's preaching that doesn't touch on real life. Yeah. Or, or that, or even that only touches on a very spiritual. Yes element of life. Yeah, yeah. No, it actually should transform. Mm. It should transform all of our relationships. Mm. And this is the this is the important thing because actually uh, the, the aim of all of this, as we've pointed out, is not just for me to be transformed, mm. but it's it's to create true human community. So so uh, the result of the gospel is always the transformation of relationships for the purpose of community. I often say, I think the test of the, val- the validity of an idea is its ability to create community. Um, mm. It's as a, as a, almost like an apologetic thing when I, when people come up with crazy new age kind of ideas and they go off and live in a tree somewhere and, <laughs> and, and completely isolate them. Yeah. And I think this is not, no, no, the truth doesn't do that. No. Uh, truth unites us. It draws us together. It mm. creates community, mm. and um, and you see this. You see this direction as Paul explicates the truth of the gospel. Mm. That is always pointing to the effect that it's going to have on trans- 
transforming relationships and mm. um you know it's going to transform marriage relationships going to transform relationships in household even relationships with between masters and slaves now this uh, this is an important point i reckon mm. this whole masters and slave things that sounds so foreign yeah. to our western oh, right. ears yeah. living in you know living in the year that we're living in it, it feels like oh my goodness how can you be talking about slavery now the now the big picture here is we, we're not to think about the, the stereotypical pictures. When we think of slavery, we think of a period of time in the USA, yeah. uh, you know, a race-based thing, yeah. completely foreign no, no. To, to the idea of, of a slave Very or a bond servant yeah. that, that, is, that Paul's talking about here, completely, completely foreign. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, – I mean sl- – you know, s- slaves were a whole a whole class of people. They were from all over. It certainly was n- not race based, mm. um, and uh, it was the result of warfare. Um, it, look, it was the result of a lot of things. But what you had is that you had a whole class of society that were uh, that was that were slaves, and they lived in the households. Um, they served in the households. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, who want to critique the New Testament will say things like, why didn't Paul uh, set out to abolish slavery? Well, actually, he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does in, in the best possible way, not, not at an institutional level. Uh, he, he sets out to completely redefine the relationships between slaves and masters. I mean, you abolish slavery, where do all the slaves go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So – um, he and wants and, to and, fin- their and financially, I mean, it sounds crazy, but financially, and you know, people being looked after and poverty and stuff like that, uh, the whole th- the whole system would be broken. Yeah. And not only that, there's there's you know, you reread at different times, and Paul will talk about it in different passages uh, when he talks about marriages because marriages were different for slaves than yeah, it yeah. was for free people, yeah, yeah. and all this, and and the church had to deal with it all. There was a That's very right. practical part of uh, of the church. It's a very practical part of the church, and. You know, Paul is is saying he's speaking into households, and we, you know, this is um, in in the ancient world. Um, uh, well, in in the Roman uh, period that mm. we're talking about, you know, there, there were households, and in your household, you had not only your family, but you had servants, and your servants were dependent uh, on you. And Paul is saying, basically, he's saying. Treat you, 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 those servants that are, in a sense, not treated as equal. He's saying you need to treat them like brothers. And when yeah. we get to Philemon, That's a, uh, that, that yeah. becomes that becomes explicit. He's saying I'm sending your runaway slave uh, back to you, um, and I want you to treat him. Uh, he says to Philemon, I want you to treat him as a brother. Yeah. And this is the, this is the kind of teaching that is going to transform these households, so that. People are treating each other with equality, with different different roles in a household. Mm. But it's really it really is quite revolutionary, and it's difficult for us to see that. Yeah, it's easy for us to look back at the Bible and say, "Well, it's not a big enough step forward." Mm. Man, it's a big step yeah, forward. It, like it, when you realise what's going on at the time, it's a massive step forward. Yeah. That that is is not just about one step; it's pointing to a whole continuum out of 
dysfunctional relationships. Yeah, yeah, and not and you and you think, oh, it's not a big enough step. No, no, this is like taking everything we knew about human relationships and the culture and firing it in a rocket. Yeah, you know, that's like right. it is massive, and it keeps going. That rocket, that rocket has kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 we can trace it all, all the way through to 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 that to today, but. Uh, Part of that is is I love the way that he, Paul finishes off, and this is in the New Living Translation. He finishes off, uh, you know, chapter chapter three, and he basically says, talking about the yeah. household, and he says, God has no favorites. Yeah, you're all equal. Yeah. He is your master. Yeah. You're all his slave. Yeah, that's right. You treat yeah, each other like right. that. Yeah. That's that's yeah, revolutionary that's right stuff. there. You know, and so uh, to finish it off in in chapter four, and and we don't usually do this, you know, but in in chapter four, I was really moved in in sitting here, and and we've talked so much about community um, and what Paul talks about in community. He he fleshes it out for himself, Mm. and at the ending of chapter chapter four, he spends all the verses talking about the I don't know the eight or eight or nine guys who were with him, Mm. you know, in in the prison with him, and and he names them and and admonishes them. And sends them out, and he's got you know uh, Tychicus who's going to come out with um, you know with the letters. You can yeah. you imagine Tychicus um, walking out of that prison with like you know in one pocket he's got the letter to Ephesians, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the other pocket he's got uh, you know a letter to Philemon. Yeah. He's got Colossians. You know he's got these letters, and he's going yeah. out to pass them out, and they have to read them all together yeah. and send them to the different churches together, and yeah. all that all that practical instructions. Yeah. And with him he's seen he's sending. Onesimus, the yeah. runaway slave. Yeah, that's right. That's when he goes back as well. Is yeah. mentioned yeah. with him, and imagine, you know, uh, you know, they're going back to the church, and this is the church where the slave ran away, yeah. and and Philemon is there, and he's coming back with a letter and the runaway slave, yeah. and saying he's no longer your runaway slave, he's, yeah, he's your, your brother. brother. You know, and he mentions yeah. it here as well, you know, that this is your brother. Yeah. And all the different pers- people that he talks about, you know, he talks about Mark, Barnabas's cousin. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he has, you know, good old Epaphras there, the, you mm. know, the, uh, some would say the pastor of yeah. that fellowship. Who, yeah. who, the fa- well, the founder of yeah. that church, Epaphras, yeah. That's yeah, who, who uh, you know, and these relationships, I mean, this is, this is the thing that we, you know, we're so far removed, we don't get to see all those beautiful relationships. We have to remember that in that time, that amazing time that Paul spent around, um, you know, Ephesus, where he was there for years building up those churches, that all of these con- contacts, all these people were mm. coming and going mm. and different churches being established in that region. Yeah. And he's at the end here, you know, Sending them out, admonishing yeah. them, you know, saying Luke is here, our faithful yeah. friend Luke. Yeah. He and I love the fact that even when he mentions a few people, he says, "Yeah, yeah, these are all the Jewish friends I've got here with me." Yeah, and then he mentions the, yeah. you know, the, the you know the 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 other yeah. non-Jewish friends as well. I know, you know, this 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 church thing. Th- yeah. This should not have worked. <laughs> it, this should not have worked. There, yeah. there is nothing about this. Yeah. That should have worked. Mm. It, it literally is. The early church is is one of the greatest miracles of human history. I mean, think about the factors, right? You've got, you've got, you know, a different people groups meeting to, but no one did that. Uh, you've got different classes of people meeting together. Mm. They are even even their their togetherness and their commitment to each other required the sort of sacrifice that. Human beings are not prone to want to make, no. but to even be up for that, you 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 put yourself in danger because the church in the Roman Empire in its early years came under 
suspicion because they were gathering together and being together. So mm. there was a lot of pressure in the Roman Empire to uh, dissolve churches. So you've got that going on. Then you've got, you know, the, all this, the false teachers converging on congregations, thinking, here's a group of people I'm going to feed on, then make them follow me instead of Paul. It's just, you put all of these factors together, you know, circumstantial factors, persecution, false teaching, even just human nature, mm. and you think, this is the greatest miracle, <laughs> this, yeah. that these churches uh, that these churches survived and that the Christian movement survived. Not only did it survive, but by, uh, but by the end of the um, third century AD, it had spread throughout the Roman Empire mm. and, and influencing people in, in high places throughout the empire. This is, I, I, I just, it's, it's hard to overstate how much of a miracle this is. And why did it? Why was it so unlikely? Because God was in it. That's why. Mm. Because this is, God was doing this. Mm. This is, this is the church of Jesus Christ. It has the seeds of life in it mm. and living things grow. And the church was living and the church grew. Mm. And it's a, and 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 I don't want us to to the scary thing I think for me growing up in in this age that we've grown up in, is that we're looking at this as a history. Yeah, you know which it is, which it is. I mean, yeah. we're looking at history, but my goodness, just do some research online. Talk to a Chinese believer. Yeah, talk to what is happening right now today oh. in China, yeah. and and you will go. Oh my goodness! And and in in this age, in, in this month of 2018. There is a whole renewed vigor by the Chinese government to squash Christianity, like oh, it yeah. hasn't seen since the sixties. Yeah. Since you know, in over fifty years, the the new leaders of China, uh, you know, the believers in China are saying we haven't seen this since Mao's wife was persecuting us. Bibles are being burned, wow. people being put in prison, pastors are being made to publicly sign declarations of renouncing Christ in public. They haven't seen anything like this for 50 years in China, mm. but yet the church is growing. The church is growing. And, you know, uh, Mark Knoll, who's a historian at Princeton University, and has written about the, the Christian world movement. He says that the, the Christian movement has experienced a a greater geographical spread in the last 50 years <laughs> than at any other comparable time Amazing. in history. Like this thing is – and I know that, you know, we struggle here a little in, in the what's known as the the global south uh, – sorry, the the global west. You know, yeah, we the talk west, about the, the west. western. Yeah. Well, um, in what is now referred to as the global southeast, that's where 80% – of Christianity. In 1800, there was barely a few percent going mm. on in, in the global southeast. Mm. That has, that has changed to the point where now we are, we're the 20% mm. in the Western, and I'm talking about England, yes. Europe, yeah. Australia. Yeah. Uh, and, the White West, basically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, and it's just going like wildfire uh, everywhere else. Now, is it messy? Of course it's messy. Yeah. <laughs> are there abuses? Of course there, there, there are abuses because it's the truth, and if you want to manipulate people, if you want to, uh, if you mm. want to create deception, then what do you do? You use the truth to do yeah. it. So it's yeah. all. It doesn't. The fact that 
it's abu- the fact that there are abuses of this, the fact that it goes wrong, the fact that people do bad things with it doesn't make it not true. It yes. actually is – it's kind of natural that that would happen. And it's also, conf- it- it's also confirmation when we look at this and see it in the, in the spiritual eyes and we think this is the truth going forward. We're fighting a kingdom that we can't see. Absolutely. Of course yeah. the kingdom is going to fight back, back yeah, against yeah. it. And what's the, what's the best way that Satan attacks it is, yeah. as we see in Colossians, yeah. by infiltrating it and twisting yeah, it yeah. just a little bit, and you know, I, putting those little bits into it. And that's why I think I've picked that up from this reading of actually all of these letters, this sense that it was messy then. Mm. And if it was messy then, it's <laughs> of course it's going to be messy now. Like what, mm. what, what, what can we expect? And if it was under attack then, surely that's never going to stop. It's always going to be the same thing. And yet, uh, as it grew then, so it's growing now. And... Um, we just need to make a decision to say, well, you know what? I'm going to be a part of it. This is what Christ is doing. He's building his church and he's doing it worldwide. There is this amazing thing happening around the world. Uh, I don't want to miss out on that. I want to be a part of that. And that essentially, throughout these letters of Paul, that's what we're being invited into. We're being invited into be a part of something that God is doing that is so much bigger than us. And you will know that you are living when you step into the jet stream of what God is doing. Oh, the jet stream, the jet stream, one of Matt's favourite analogies of entering into the jet stream of what God is doing. Uh, perfect picture of uh, as we close up uh, the book of Colossians and seeing what Paul has called to us there, especially when it comes to the community of, uh, you know, practically living out this call of Christ and this, you know, fleshing out what we uh, have been positioned in. Thank you so much for listening. As I said at the beginning of the episode, I've got something special for you, something a little bit different. At the end of this episode, keep listening. When everything finishes, keep listening. I've got a little bit of a uh, little, little, little bit of a bonus, a little bit of an Easter egg, as Matt and I spend some time talking about a side project that Matt has been working on, something very personal, and we get a little bit of his history here. Now, I find this fascinating. I'm sure you will too. I didn't want to make it main part of the main podcast, so now it's sitting here at the end. If you want to keep on listening and listen to a little bit of Matt's history, Now you know how to find it. I'll see you next week. This has been DJ Payne for Thrive Deeper. Thanks for listening to Thrive Deeper. If you have questions you would like answered, contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thrive deeper or at the Thrive Today website where you can also subscribe to the Thrive Daily Bible Reading Guide. That's at thrivetoday.net.au Until next time, Thrive! Uh, What else has been happening at your place? Well, I've had my dad over and I've actually been uh, writing his book, actually. What do, you, what do you mean, uh, writing his book? Well, it's his his, it's memoirs? his memoir. Yeah, his because ah. uh, I have encouraged him to do that, and he's done that. But uh, you know, he's put a lot of the facts down, and it is the most incredible story. I mean, but 
like I should write a book just about my parents and their, like both of them. Their, yeah. You know, even you before they got together, their, their stories are amazing. I mean, you know, like to give you a bit of a taster, yeah. like you've got two 17-year-old German boys yes. walking across the top of the Sahara Desert yeah. in lederhosen and sandals <laughs> – Three day, a three day journey getting to the, you know, the border. It's just like, and then getting to the border and being denied because they got false information and then having to walk all the way back. Wow. And his mate actually, you know, ended up actually losing a leg, got uh, infection, gangrene. Now, what year, like, what, hang on, what year was this his dad born? The, what, that, so, so he's born 44. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's just a, a taster, right? And then, yeah. and then you've got like, uh, at, at age thirty, he's embarking on a circumnavigation of the of the earth. This, but by, by the time I this by this time I'm five years old, and and we're all set off with a big crew on this, um, you know, uh, square rig ship, yeah. uh, hundred foot square square rig ship to circumnavigate the world with very little technology, and uh, you know, a ship, mind you, that he has spent. Six years, he and his brothers have spent six years rebuilding the ship. I mean, yeah. even the story of the rebuilding. This no, is it. No, this no, is actually, it. let me, the story in between him walking across the Sahara Desert, you know, because they, you know, they did this when he was 17, they did this journey through, oh, like they walked across Egypt through Syria, Jordan, down into, you know, Egypt. And it, it's just, and the story in between that defies belief. Yeah. How he even got to Australia. Then, then he, Spent, then they spend six years working on the ship. That story is just in itself is yeah. the most bizarre. So sometime, story. sometime in the mid seventies, when you're just a, a yep. little whippersnapper, he's like, "Let's take this That's ship right. and go," and, and and off we go. And it's just like chapter by chapter. I'm just thinking, and and by the time we get to the mid seventies, of course, I'm around and and I, and I have these memories, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> memories of 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 you know sailing up the Somali coast and. You know, everyone terrified of pirates and, 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 you know, we came across, uh, a sailor actually who, whose boat had just been completely cleared out by, by pirates. pirates. Yeah. And he, he actually, it, it was a Swedish, uh, yachty who was going, who was doing a solo, uh, sail and he was hijacked by pirates. Um, they completely cleared his boat out. They were actually going to shoot him, uh, because they normally leave no evidence. And he and they got some radio um, message or something that they panicked and all ran away. And and that we came across this guy shaking. Now he was just before us. They they would as a hundred foot brigantine would have been an absolute windfall for these Somali pirates. And and anyway, it's just uh, going up through the Red Sea uh, in in just towards the end and through the Suez Canal towards the end of the. Um, uh, in the aftermath of the Yom, Yom Kippur War, and oh, it's just like it's just one thing after another. It's it, it is it's it was amazing in some ways that that we survived. Yeah, um, a miracle. Yeah. So and and you know even though I've known the story, and even though I was there, just going over it uh, again, and of course for us it was it was our normal. Like I think we were aware that we weren't normal. Yeah. Like we we were aware that we were different. 
we were doing something different to other people, but for us it was normal. You know? So, so your dad's only your dad doesn't live down here with you. No, he he lives up in um, up in North Queensland. I oh, lives he he moves around a bit. He's got a few uh, places now, and he he moves around a bit. But he's come down actually to to do this to spend yeah a bit of a project uh, yeah a bit of a project. I mean, in the midst of everything else, like, yes, oh, it's the same time. You know, I've been up like till midnight every night because I've got like you know I've got es- I'm marking essays and I've had a had a um, edition of Thrive. You and you know, I've got sermon prep, and, and Sons of Cora is about to head off to the USA. Yeah, Sons of Cora is about to head off to America, and so I'm now, you know, prepping for that. So, but but in you know, getting a little bit serious here, there you are working to a bit of a timeline with your dad because your dad's health hasn't been that that great. Yeah, he's got advanced Parkinson's uh, now, and, and I mean, he is, I mean, it's deteriorating, but he, he had deep brain, um, the deep brain surgery and the device that was put in, which was amazing, actually. He would be completely um, disabled. If there's anyone that is listening that is considering doing that uh, that surgery. It's almost like a pacemaker for your yeah, brain. it's like a pacemaker for your brain, like dramatic, dramatic difference wow. uh, to him. He, he would be completely disabled now. But actually, he's quite, I mean, he's quite able now, and that's given him, uh, you know, I mean, that that's really uh, given him a new lease of life, but yeah, it, this it doesn't. It's not a cure, um, but it does take away the symptoms and yeah. and makes it's made him functional. When did, when when is he head off? Uh, well, when I head to America. Well, actually, no, when I head to America, he's going to stay with my sister. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So happy days. So it's great. It's been really interesting. Have we, have, interesting week or do, so. Do we so have far. time for me to go over and take some photos of the old man? Uh, possibly, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I haven't been able to see him. Get, this get him trip. to tell you some stories. He loves telling his stories. Oh, I've, I've, I've always and, always and the photos, and he's got photos yeah. there at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we need great. to take some shots of you two together. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that'll be that'll be nice. Maybe we should start talking about uh, about the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, we could well, talk about that all day. Let me tell you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just you're I'm up to just, your eyeballs. I, I'm up to my eyeballs in in these amazing stories. Wow. Um, well, I'm so. equally. I mean, that's your journey. That's your you know. And I say this knowing the man and loving the man. Yeah, yeah. That's your crazy German father. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm very interested to see the volume about your very learned, restrained English mother as oh, well. Oh, she. You know, th- that's as I said. That story in <laughs> itself is amazing. And they, you know, they met traveling. I mean, she. Uh, she moved, came over from England, did university here, but then went over and did nursing in London and a pilot's license in London. And then her big thing, wow. uh, this is even before being a Christian, was to go out in the middle of nowhere and work on a mission. Or and so she worked in remote places as a nurse, and that's how they met. You know, traveling these these just adventurous, uh, these adventurous people that when you know when the kids came along, they they took us. On You're all part sorts of, the, of adventures, adventure. and we just we just had this bizarre, bizarre uh, childhood, uh, which really is such a blessing by the providence of God. I see so much providence in, in, in the experiences that I had as yeah. a child, and I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. All right, let's let's totally change <laughs> gear here and get into a totally different adventure. Uh, when we last uh, when we last left off, we we had just covered the introduction to uh, Colossians mm. and looked at the first couple of chapters. And, uh, you know, that was actually a while ago.